एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं and today i'm talking to one such founder who is mandar agashe mandar is the founder of sarvatra which means everywhere and sarvatra is literally everywhere it's powering the plumbing of our financial system it's what enables the next gen payment companies like a paytm or a google pay or a phone pay to exist today and mandar started up way 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 back in the 90s when even the word startup did not exist he was starting a business not a startup and this is really a masterclass in the evolution of the payments and banking space in india listen on as mandar talks about starting up when he was just a 20 something kid within uh, weeks of <laughs> coming out of college i started a software company and uh, at that time i was exploring what to do so uh, a lot of my friends who had graduated we started doing some brainstorming but eventually almost all of them went to us for a job and uh, but i focused on trying to create something and of course i was looking to create a product software product so that is what i was uh, focused on and uh, once uh, of course i had to learn the family business so whenever i used to go to our sugar factory at that time was in uh, near akluz in solapur district so whenever i used to go there i used to see that um, there was no atms there no debit cards there were lots of banks on the way i could see but there was no atm or debit card or you had to carry cash with you and if you want to spend something it was always cash and similarly any of those guys uh, when they used to come to the city they used to always uh, you know had to carry cash so i saw so i just researched little bit on that but this would have been much later no or was it in 1990 only that you saw this problem no i saw it at that time only acha like when you started a software company in 1990 like did you start with some project in hand some client or you started with a uh, with this idea only that uh, no, you so at to... that time it was uh, thinking of you know Uh, how we can uh, in my family there was a small bank and uh, there was no good software there uh, so i said okay can i try to computerize you know at that time it was all edp departments and computerization and this and that so the thought was can we computerize uh, the bank and that's how we started little bit you know i started tinkering with uh, the whole thing and started going up the learning curve you know and that went on for a couple of years while i was learning the family business i was looking at that and that's when i founded uh, the software company okay so basically first couple of years after graduating you were uh, involved in running the family business and yeah. as part of it you were also involved in digitizing the cooperative bank that was owned yeah. by your family and, and uh, which is where yeah that's where i learned okay what is banking what is banking software you know 
all those things I got to know. I was also trying to put ERP systems in my other businesses. So I was getting exposed to what products are available, what is not available. And it was a very initial phase, you know. And I was running the pharma group of the company. Uh, so I was getting exposed to how the pharma industry works. And then uh, I thought, okay, can I get into medical software, you know? So I was exploring things, you know? I was thinking what what could be that big opportunity. In fact, uh, one of my first softwares I did was for uh, 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 Tata Cancer Hospital. I did a cancer research software for them. And it was inaugurated by Mr. Ratan Tata himself. And he really liked what I was doing. And he said, you know, keep on doing this. You are good at it. So the first encouragement I got was from Mr. Ratan Tata himself. And uh, that was the journey. Hmm. So when did you, like, full-time get into software? Like, you know, left the other family businesses? Uh, So around, um, I would say... Uh, around uh, 96, 97 is when uh, I, I realized that this is a very big opportunity. And by that time, uh, I was visiting my uh, friends in US, you know, when I used to travel, all my friends had gone into different companies and the software industry was really, really growing. One of my uncles... I think Infosys IPO had also happened no? around that time. I, I, I was not aware of it. Yeah. But, uh, okay. The thing is that then I... No, um, that happened later. Yeah, then um, I went to uh, US, my, one of my uh, mamas, which is uh, brother of my mom, uh, used to uh, work on mainframes in the US. So he took me to Comdex, which was one of the leading, um, what you can say, leading uh, festival of, you know, of hardware and software and gadgets and so on and so forth. And there, the keynote speaker was uh, Bill Gates. So we went all the way, uh, drove down from LA to Las Vegas just to be at the complex so that I could hear Bill Gates speaking. And we reached late and the hall was closed. In front of that same hall was another keynote uh, speech being given by uh, a relatively unknown in India kind of a guy. Um, and um, that keynote speak was given by a founder of a, a hardware company called NEXT. Next. And that guy was okay. Steve Jobs. That is, uh, <laughs> and, uh, how do you say relatively unknown in India? <laughs> yeah, because at that time, uh, Bill Gates was very, very popular. But uh, and I actually got a demo of, uh, you know, presentation, keynote speech. And there was very few people in the hall. Everyone had gone to the big hall. And uh, firsthand, I was exposed to the brilliance of Steve Jobs. And I could see, uh, and there uh, he showed uh, the power of relational database. So he showed what can happen. NEXT actually was specializing in database of, you know, uh, and through graphics, he showed how uh, he could connect different databases and that could lead to a complete revolution in uh, this. And that's when it hit me that anything which is around database is going to be very, very big. And uh, he gave example of banks, how you can you know do things like that. 
and eventually that uh, thing was i think taken up by uh, oracle tell me something like w- what is uh, what was the scenario pre that time and post matlab relational database you're saying is like was a game changer yeah. uh, can you help me understand how like what was the situation before relational database and how did relational database become a game changer so it was like uh, what you call big data is what it was in those days right only mainframe had this entire big data and then you had to add, put everything into that big data and then you do research on it or do data crunching and all that and that's why you required mainframes and what are supercomputers and everything but when the smaller computers came it was a relational database that need to basis you can connect databases and do some search like as an example you will have a database of only name and address and then you'll have one more database of uh, say name and age and then you connect both and you want to know all people with this age staying in this pin code you know then you could connect two databases and that's what steve jobs actually showed on just by drawing a graphical line between these two databases now you could search across both and it like blew my mind you know uh, like i said wow you know this is going to be that big game changer So pre relational database databases did not talk to each other or they talked to no, each other only in a mainframe environment and not on a personal uh, computer no the initial relational databases were there but uh, the power see what steve jobs is a dreamer right there were smartphones before that also but what he could do with smartphone music players were there na but what mp3 were there they were getting but mp3 player no one could imagine you know he had the power to make complex things simple and that's what actually uh, happened otherwise the jargon was always there databases were there rdbs i had learned in my engineering also so everything was there but I, he, I could see the power of what can happen, <laughs> and that's what kind of inspired me. Okay, I have to be in, you know, banking software, kind of, because that was a real thing happening. And that, and uh, around the same time, uh, one of my uh, college friends, he came back to India. He was an expert in Oracle, so. Uh, we got we met after a long time and we got chatting and all that and uh, so he said you know i had done enough of this uh, you know being in the service industry working for multinationals uh, there's no no fun in it finally you are just a clog in the wheel so i said i am thinking of creating a product company and he said i want to work on a product that's when uh, kind of we created the standalone software company and i started on that i started putting uh, so from 96 to to around 2000 we worked on you know creating the basic product and around around 2000 the focus was a product for banks product for banks and around 2000 to 2001 is when uh, i had a chance meeting with uh, ceo of iflex mr deepak asas and he liked uh, you know uh, the, the product that we had done and he said uh, iflex and flexcube and our product bank is we should work together and iflex uh, invested uh, into the company and that was my first invest professional investment 
he came on board and he's still on the board after 20 years well wow. so uh, but uh, in this you had not yet gone to market like 2000 2001 when i flex no, we were uh, we were experimenting with uh, known banks so we had uh, still we had about 20 banks already on the platform by that time but they were all uh, friends or known people you know but we had not really uh, really like gone to the market market as such do still experimenting in and around pune city and solapur and you know, our catchment area mm-hmm. so, so uh, tell me about your uh, like you know how did revenue start like how did you actually get your first sale and uh, you know h- how did uh, a software product become a software like became a business so uh, in those days there was a simple revenue model you sell the software for a certain price and uh, you have a amc that that was a standard model so in fact i remember when i first went to pitch uh, for the software to a village uh, where the head office of that rural cooperative bank was and almost uh, half of the village had gathered there i said there was some function or something you know uh, and I, when i went there they said no no they all have come to see the computer because uh, they, Came to know that I am going to bring a computer to show the demo. Or I carried a computer, and that was the first PC to enter that village. You know, so the crowd had come only to see the PC. Then uh, when I said, "Okay, this much for the hardware and this much for the software," so that uh, board said, "Are you are giving a TV and everything in that price, and only for that one chapti of software? They didn't know software. Only for that pay word uh, flash drive, pay that not flash drive. I don't even know that." Uh, disk is to be there na uh, so that till uh, you are charging same as this tv and everything you know the hardware software then we realize okay you have to give a combined product and you know and you have to also there is no electricity for hours you have to also sell ups to them and the battery you know yeah. it was a entire package why did you choose uh, these banks why not choose metro based banks like you you made your software for any bank or you made it for cooperative banks no we went into uh, the known banks and they were all cooperative banks and the large banks already had hardware and software from big companies and big you know there there was nothing no market to go to to an sbi or you know Uh, like we are a startup now, so we went to those banks who there was no software. Naturally, we went there for. Then that's how we slowly started. Um, uh, what can say, uh, giving that, and then uh, what happened is that um, I realized that even after all that, uh, there is no um, no connectivity in rural India. So I said, what's the point in giving a core banking system when there is no connectivity only? that's when we started again the phase 2 of the company of how we can create a point of sale uh, based uh, you know today what you call micro atm that you can withdraw cash you can do your balance inquiry and all that but i looked at it as a uh, cbs terminal so i said because that pos machine could uh, dial in on a copper line there was no mobile also by the way at that time so it was a post machine which could dial over a copper line connect to the central server and do a transaction so it was a core banking system made for rural india 
and to create that to create the switch and you know what is like today the whole payment infrastructure and it's so common words at that time it was nothing it was just how do we make it happen how do you make the customer's account portable was the challenge because the account was only stuck in that branch even the other uh, branch okay. that customer that he belongs to the same bank if he carries a check only he was known no hmm 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 so tell me something what was uh, the uh, rural cooperative banking industry like at that time like early 2000s when you were same, going and selling as, to them same as today that way it was uh, basically around uh, how big is that market because you know sitting yeah, in a city yeah i think uh, of only icici sbi when i think of banks so i don't know is that a big market the the rural cooperative number bank? of banks yes if you see that that total at that time 2000 banks in india out of that 53 banks had a debit card which were all urban banks the rest did not have a debit card they were the small cooperative banks so number of banks was huge the number of customers they were servicing was huge because 70% of india lives in villages so they were the last mile for them and most surprisingly all of them are called urban banks they are called urban cooperative banks so many people in mumbai said why are they called urban cooperative banks when they are in rural india i said because you are looking the other way for a villager he has to come to taluka place which is urban for him and there is no bank in his area so he comes to urban area and he comes to the taluka place and it's a urban cooperative bank so it's a urban bank for him because he stays even deeper rural so that is what they are called the urban cooperative banks not and actually they are in rural india servicing that so but uh, i found that they were very what you can say uh, very innovative each cooperative bank had its own specialization they they are like the community banks of the us like us has a similar uh, community banks there are 15000 community banks in the us again very similar to indian cooperative banks there are similar is there a separate uh, rbi statue under which they get formed and all like uh, because i know rbi doesn't give banking licenses easily and you know i mean you are asking so, so... india or in the us in india in india no so india same like us basically the this beginning of all this is in a institution called the credit societies so credit societies where where some group of people come together and they create a financial institution it's called the credit society in us it is called the credit union so there were credit unions uh, started in india Uh, by cotton farmers by you know different people uh, or say employees of uh, steel uh, factory they start a credit union and that is how it started and as those credit societies became very large rbi gave them a license to operate for example cosmos credit society saraswat credit society became cosmos bank and saraswat bank If you like to hear stories of founders then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses just search for the founder thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify Ghana Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show Okay 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 so you had to first be a great society and then you became a bank 
but then there was no bank to service this rural industry and it was not affordable for large banks in the urban city to go there that's when these cooperative banks uh, started emerging across the country and then uh, for every district nabard came out with a district central cooperative bank for disbursal of loans agricultural loans so that became a, another large institution of its own controlled by nabard which still exists today so everywhere in the world there are only two types of banks there are either large banks private sector banks and there are cooperative banks every big country you find it in japan also you find it in germany also india has a third bank called agri bank and in there were similar agri banks in china which got merged and they became the agricultural bank of china so that's why we have a such a beautiful system financial system in india and then banks had checkbooks and credit societies didn't have checkbooks that was the only difference otherwise they are exactly same and it was relatively easy for a credit society to become a bank because i mean if there are 1900 of them then it there are certain rules that if you achieve so much of uh, what you can say accounting standards you have a certain kind of a board yeah. so much deposit the rules kept on changing every 10 years but uh, prima facie once you become a certain size you can apply for a bank then you become a certain level of a cooperative bank then you can apply for a scheduled scheduled cooperative bank so then when you become a scheduled bank you can do more business you can do forex you can open branches wherever you want earlier these were like a local banks these cooperative banks could operate only in that taluka uh, they cannot go beyond that taluka you know such restrictions were there or operating hours restrictions were there they can they couldn't give all the products that an sbi could give they could only give restricted uh, products so uh, that is how we learnt a lot and a lot of those knowledge got captured uh, when we went to this 30 different cooperative banks uh, we went with different cooperative banks you know somewhere merchant cooperative banks somewhere agriculture producers cooperative banks somewhere Uh, say uh, milk cooperative bank you know somebody who in the milk industry so each uh, one had say 70% banking was similar but 30% was unique to that community that's why it's called community banking so it is that community coming together mm-hmm. and that's why they have only certain kind of products which is helpful to that community only mm-hmm. and till the early 2000s they were working on paper yeah uh, so uh, why up to 2000 i would say up to 2010 most of them were not computerized fully once the telecom network improved and the cost of the hardware came down and the electricity improved and uh, the battery life improved and the cost of the uh, hardware as well as the storage reduced that's when computerization increased so the intention of computerization was there throughout and also because there were lots of these uh, bcs courses and so many computer courses which opened up in small towns so there were also people available to run those uh, computerization so 
every state had its own uh, small software company product company giving a similar computerized product so that is when in 2010 when i changed gears of sarvatra completely where i said i can't do the same thing and i'll be nobody i need to get one quick question before before you talk of changing gear uh, so by 2010 what was the scale uh, how many employees what revenue were you doing so like, we were about uh, 30 uh, to 40 employees we were doing about 2 3 crore rupees of turnover and we had about 30 40 banks and that was a straight of all the companies everyone had that similar a bigger one uh, would probably have say the biggest at that time was infrasoft with uh, 200 banks and uh, probably uh, 70 80 crores of turnover but otherwise sab chote chote the and then there was this flexcube and finacle which were global companies which were more for like these metro based banks like metro, icic also finacle and all were there flexcube was only global so having a investment from flexcube did help us understand you know uh, the software how to uh, view yourself how to organize yourself how to get the whole professional coming from a family business you are not used to many things you know because you are always the boss person so you always get treated differently you know when professional ceo it you have to start behaving differently you know uh and uh, like you have to have quarterly outlook you know so many things uh, which we got i got to learn under guidance of iflex team and uh, that helped us uh, to think big also with more confidence and uh, around 2010 uh, when actually i went to bring the cbs to rural india through the pos terminals that's when it hit upon me oh this whole switching and debit card and all is a very big opportunity so that's when we applied to rbi and uh, that's when npci got formed and we became the first asp to be allowed to issue debit cards to our uh, banks so then we shifted completely into switching and we partnered with the 70 small companies who are doing core banking systems and we gave this as a add on module to their product So what does that mean? I thought debit cards are issued by like uh, RU Pay or Visa or Mastercard. No, what Rupai, do you mean when you say you got permission to issue debit card? So we got permission to issue Rupee debit card. So if any bank wanted okay. to issue Rupee debit card, uh, they needed a platform. So we were the platform yeah. which uh, enabled that bank to issue debit cards. Okay, Rupee debit cards. Okay, okay, okay. So Rupee has like. A, multiple people who are issuing rupee debit cards like multiple private companies who issue rupee debit cards on behalf of uh, so the issuer is always the bank 
uh, we are only running the switch we are the technology service provider okay 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 so that uh, it started uh, we started issuing so we had a 30 40 banks base to which we started giving the debit cards and that so gets- how did your revenue model change because pre so this, revenue your revenue model, model would have been like a one time payment for hardware software and then a amc okay. i guess so from there we shifted to a transaction based model okay so from there because like there's no hardware percentage of every there's no hardware software to sell it was all hosted so it was a hosted system hosted switch and any of the banks could become uh, partnered with us and they started issuing their cards so then the model obviously became the payment industry model which is a transaction based model. like for every withdrawal or every debit card transaction there would be some small percentage that you would earn correct so uh, that is what uh, the transaction model happened uh the hardware and all was a one time investment for us uh banks did not have to invest anything they had to buy their own atm and all that that was up to them but there were so many already established atms of large banks so these corporate banks could just issue a debit card which their customers could use an icic or hdfc atm yeah so it was a completely different uh, business model and that's when uh, i got investment from icici bank okay so you said that an npci was formed in 2010 right like 2010 2011 is when the rupee got launched and we got the permission so uh, tell me about npci and rupee and like like that uh, in, from a understanding how the business environment was evolving like if you could help me understand that also like what was it pre npci and what all did npci so do before npci example and um, uh, uh, all banks were into called bilateral treaties so if icic bank wanted their customer to use icic bank atm then it was a direct tie between these two banks so each bank had a tie with multiple banks and then they would do a end of the day settlement with each other etc etc so then only these top 50 banks were uh, working with each other so when we had put the switches in the cooperative banks we gave a presentation initially to hdfc bank uh, at a uh, what you can say uh, i could give presentation to mr aditya puri at that time and he really liked uh, what we were doing and uh, he said yes definitely hdfc bank would like to they had a huge correspondence banking business with many corporate banks so they would like to extend uh, you know their atm network to their partner banks and then their partner banks uh, did not could not afford to put their own switch and everything so sarvatra became a, a good uh, company to give them as a service platform as a service and then they could work with hdfc so that is what our initial thought was but then since pci got formed rbi uh, then said that now uh, no longer bilateral types you have to all type with npci and that became the central switch so pre npci and post npci that was a big change and then once we connected to npci we don't have we didn't have to go and talk to each and every bank individually 
that became the central law. Hmm. Okay. So, w- what is this switch that you're talking about? Help me understand. Every uh, bank has got two core uh, platforms. Uh, the, all the branches usually connect to what you call the core banking system, where the whole accounting and everything happens. And all their ATM, post terminals, debit cards, they are they go through the switch, electronic financial transaction switch, EFT switch. And that connects to the CBS. So what is, is it like a server? It is a software, uh, company of software and hardware. So it it's redirects the transaction. So for example, every debit card or credit card, the first six digits are the, it's called the BIN. It's identified of the bank identity number. BIN. So when, suppose you are having a card of HDFC bank and you go to an ICICI bank ATM. And you put the card inside that ATM. The ATM will first uh, take that data and send it to a switch of ICICI Bank. So all ATMs of ICICI Bank connected to the switch. So what does the switch do? It checks what are the numbers. And based on that, it knows oh, it is a HDFC Bank card. So it will redirect a route or switch the transaction to NPCI. NPCI will redirect, again, there's a switch inside NPCI called the National Financial Switch. That switch will redirect it to HDFC Bank because it's a HDFC Bank card. HDFC Bank, where it will receive that data on its switch. That switch will send that data to the core banking, saying that the first switch will see whether the card is valid, expiry date is there, the PIN is correct, whatever XYZ. And then it will... Other uh, say you are withdrawing 5,000 bucks, it will check in your account money is there or not. If yes, it is there, then it will, uh, CPS will tell the switch, yes, everything is okay, good to go. HDC Bank switch will send a instruction back to NFS. NFS will uh, switch it back to ICICI switch. ICICI switch will tell the ATM, please give 5,000 bucks if you have the money. All this happens in few seconds. The actual money comes out. And then end of the day, NPCI and NFS will say, oh, uh, so many customers, ICICI went to HDFC, so many customers, HDFC went to ICICI, and they will reconcile and say, who has to pay who? And the end of the day, settlement happens. Hmm. So th- this sounds a lot like APIs, right? Like huh? what today, API, API? No, like, no, it API sounds is, like... API is totally different. API okay. is for application. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Switching is like core infrastructure. Okay, okay. But a- APIs also allow different databases to talk to each other, right? Like no, this is essentially that only, that there are no, different no, no. databases okay. talking to each other. No, no, these are not databases. These are switches talking to each other. These are bank switches. The core banking will have its own database. That is, so API is very different. API is for your applications uh, to connect to uh, other applications or databases. That's very different from switching. Switching is uh, mainly uh, it drives the ATM, drives the machine, POS machine, it drives the mobile app if it's connecting to it. So switching is more at the infrastructure level and API is more at the application level. Correct. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, the switch is also an application. 
okay 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 so uh, once you got the npci license to issue arupay th- that is when you were telling me about the next fundraise yeah so that's when we got a fundraise from icici bank to expand and do more of what we do so then tell me the progression from there so so then instead of being one of many core banking software companies you then became a india's first switching company for cooperative banks and that's when uh, hdfc bank icici bank and then at that time yes bank axis bank all of them uh, partnered with us to sell uh, the switch to their correspondent banking banks what is a correspondent banking bank so uh, the small cooperative banks uh, who uh, are limited to do only certain functionality na so if their customers want to give a letter of credit or want to give a uh, demand draft or you know any of the other services so they tie with some large bank that is called correspondence banking so then they introduce us to all their correspondent banks saying that are pay lo to aapko debit card ho sakta hai aap you know so many things you can do and that's how that whole icici bank investment helped us really grow from just a small company with 15 banks what was uh, the uh, what was in it for say a yes bank to introduce you would they earn something from that like if you no that's ends their relationship with their correspondence bank and uh, the yes bank sponsors that bank so the bin has to be sponsored so that corporate bank did not have a bin so hdfc bank they had to sponsor that bin वैल्यू the gtv what, what is gross transaction value like the total rupee amount that was yes, transacted on your switch using your switch withdrawn or deposits or transferred or whatever every time and your of... revenue would be like some 0.0% of something like 0.0 something it varies from uh, switch to switch and market to market so like that we started few thousand bucks then we went to 10000 bucks uh, and then We reached one lakh in a month, and like that, one crore in a month. You know, and number of transactions also grew very rapidly. So there was a time when uh, uh, you know the target was to hit uh, something like one lakh transactions in a year, and then it kept on growing. And then new products got introduced by NPCA called IMPS. Then AAPS came. When was IMPS introduced? Uh, I think 2012, 13, around that time, sometime. I don't remember the exact year, but around that time. And then came AEPS, then came UPI. What is AEPS? Like, like IMPS, I know is like instant money transfer. So first there was the NEFT system, no, in which there was like hourly correct system. Yeah. Correct. So there was RTGS NEFT, then came IMPS, and then came. APS APS is aadhar enabled payment which is 
which is upi basically like aps no no aps is aadhar based that instead of card plus pin you have aadhar number plus your fingerprint and uh, whichever bank account is linked to that aadhar number that is the bank account which gets used okay and then came the blockbuster upi and then the entire game changed stuff around that time is when uh, icici bank became our customer so they saw we are doing good when when we crossed the first 50 banks uh, who went came on our switch icici bank uh, really liked the progress they didn't expect us to go to from 0 to 50 in terms of debit card so fast and then they liked what we were doing and then we got an opportunity to give uh, a similar product for their rural uh, customers and that's how we slowly started growing into icici bank then we created the mps switch for icici and aps and upi and now all their alternative banking uh, platforms are sarvatra platforms and um, as i said our goal was to do initially 1 lakh transactions a year then it was 1 crore a year. So, uh, i i want to understand this icici deal a little better so icici already had all of the infrastructure in place right like like what did they need sarvatra for they already had like the switches no they had uh, uh, earlier switches no for atms and pos and all that with the new generation switches of imps and aps and upi uh, we were the first ones to do it and uh, so the entire uh, imps system of icici bank runs on sarvatra yeah icici idbi and so many banks so 250 more banks wow okay okay and our platform is now in across 600 banks wow okay 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 and and uh, so, so when did you hit like 1 crore transactions annual like by which year did you reach that so after um, i would say after first 6 uh, years to about 2016 and 17 and then the demonetization happened and then boom <laughs> then it everything changed for the country after demonetization till demonetization we 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 were going to banks to sell our product and then reverse happened after demonetization every bank was after us ki please give us the product digital product because it was amazing and then that was uh, i would say the real exponential growth of the digital uh, part of the country started after demon and immediately it was followed by growth in upi and this whole jandhan and aadhar and like it was from 2016 to 2021 in five years probably we grew 10 times so what do you do currently like annual uh, so gross uh, transaction crore, or so 1 crore transactions per year say now we do close to 5 crore transactions a day wow And, and you also provide switches for upi so yeah 100 banks uh, or more than 50% of the banks in upi are on our platform and then we also started giving upi connectors to uh, the psp apps so google pay whatsapp pay paytm all of them use servatra platform 
what is PSP app? PSP, what is that term? Uh, payment service provider, PSP. So, like example, you are a, earlier you were a bank uh, or the issuer or you are an acquirer bank. Two banks. Either you are an issuer bank or you are an acquiring bank. And money was always transferred from one to another. What is the issuer bank and what is the acquirer bank? Issuer banks means that guy who issues the card is issuer bank. And the guy who has uh, installed the ATM is called the acquiring bank. So you acquire the transaction and you issue the card. So issuer and acquirer. And then with UPI, that whole concept came like a third party app, which is not a bank, can also create a payment platform. Uh, otherwise, you only would have an ICICI bank uh, mobile banking app, HDIC bank mobile banking app. The private app started coming in after RBI thought of this and NPC introduced UPI. And it was like a game changer completely. In fact, the, all the global uh, uh, federal reserves and reserve banks come to India to study our payment system. We get so many inquiries from global banks, you know, from developing countries to just come and study what India has done. Like even Google CEO said that Federal Reserve is trying to come out with a system in 2022 to 24 called FedNow. So Google CEO has gone on record to say that Federal Reserve should visit India and study NPC and UPI. This is like a fantastic thing for a country, you know. First time an Indian product is being like looked at like global. People are studying. Otherwise, always we are always studying. Are udhar kya achhe, idhar kya achhe. First time an Indian product is studied by global people. Mm. So, uh, and you know, uh, what is the uh, kind of revenues that you do? Like, you know, I can tell you, GTV uh, last year uh, we did a GT of ten billion dollars or seventy-five thousand crores. Wow. And we are growing at 30 to 50% year on year. Oh, amazing. Okay. So so your revenue would be like 0. 0.0 something percentage of that. I GTV. can't disclose that. But, but roughly like in that range. Somewhere I would say range. it's very small. <laughs> but still satisfactory and we are profitable. Yeah, because the base is so massive. And uh, is the uh, payout different for different like IMPS, UPI, and yeah. uh, debit card transactions? Yes, and... of course. So, so what is the hierarchy like? Which is the uh, costliest, no. like highest transaction, and which is the lowest? Obviously, UPI would be the lowest. I'm assuming. Yeah, credit card transactions are the highest. MDR you get highest, and UPI is the lowest. Who foots the bill for this? Like when there's a UPI transaction? The bank does it because uh, the whole idea of that is that though you may not get money for the transaction, the merchant will keep that much balance with the bank. So bank enjoys the current account float. Which bank? The bank uh, of what? the customer making the payment or receiving both, no? I Means so like you will have some customers who are paying, so you have to keep money in the account so that you can use the system. No? So like example, we had done a study for a, a small cooperative bank uh, that before uh, we gave them debit card platform, 
uh, when salary was uh, deposited in the bank, next day there was a huge queue and people used to withdraw the money and go home. Once we gave a debit card, people stopped taking the money away because they know anytime they can go and take it. So that float, which was 50 lakh rupees, went to 9 crore rupees for that one small bank in rural India. So just imagine what UPI must have done to large banks. <laughs> because unless you have money in that UPI account, you will not be able to use UPI. And unless if you are a merchant, if you are getting paid by UPI, the money will come into the same account of the bank. No? So it's a game of the float. Uh, help me understand this float concept better. So when you say like float went from 50 lakhs to 9 crore, how did that happen? What does it mean? So, like? For example, suppose you have a salary account in a, a cooperative bank. Okay. And you are getting say 50,000 rupees salary. Correct. Normally, you will if you didn't have a debit card or anything, you would go and withdraw 25, 30,000 because you will need it over the month. Hmm. Okay. So that money is not with the bank so, now. It's, it's in my pocket. It's gone away, yeah. It's gone away, no, from the bank. But now, once you're given a debit card, the person said, "No, let it be in the bank. No, I can go to an ATM anytime, or as I need, I'll use it." So then, the money remains in the bank, which is a low-cost deposit for the bank. No? So same way, if you are having a say uh, UPI connected to your account, you'll say, "If five thousand is there in account, me, then only you can use that UPI somewhere, no." Otherwise, you'll withdraw the cash and use cash everywhere. Right, right. So, yeah, with UPI, you don't even feel that you need more than 1,000, 2,000 rupees with you because UPI is accepted everywhere. So, right. so now you know, and you have 5,000 rupees, then I can earlier, you would have some money in your pocket. But that money is lying dead in your uh, pocket. No? It's not earning you any interest also, nor is it of any use to the bank also. But the service has been done. Right. And plus, there are so many things that the RBI has to print, and you know, and the cost of economy doesn't work. You know, fascinating. So, uh, like, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if uh, this is something which you would like to answer, but I would love to understand more about NPCI and uh, what kind of, uh, I mean, the evolution of NPCI. Did NPCI? Uh, you know, what was the reason behind UPI launch? What did they see as the problem? And because, I mean, obviously... No, so, no, so basically, initially, NPSA started off by running a national financial switch, correct? Hmm. And whose brainchild was NPCA? Like, what... No, NPCA was formed by all banks put together. They all put money and created NPCA. Okay, so this was not a government initiative. It was like a... No, no, no. It was all banks, IBA. In fact, the first office of NPCA was in IBA office uh, in Brebon Stadium. Uh, IBA is what? Like Indian Banking uh, Association? Uh, or Indian something. Bank Association. They created NPCA. Of course, with the blessings of RBI and you know, full support of RBI. Then the whole idea was to make the country independent, to have a payment system of our own. So that was the goal. So NPCA like, is like a for-profit corporation. It's not a... No, no, it's a not-for-profit not organization. It's a not-for-profit. Okay. Section okay. 25, I think. Okay, okay. So okay. the goal was to see what they, what was the need, what was the, uh, what you can say, identified need of the country when you have, a, uh, uh, if you have 
to grow the gdp you need a robust the like it's part of the key infrastructure right banks you need banks and branches you need digital infrastructure so you need uh, so many debit cards credit card post terminals so started off that okay khud ka card system chahiye is independent of everyone Which like how we have our own possibility of cost also for the bank like the banks would be paying higher cost. money to visa mastercard so they wanted their own system or rather uh, it was looked at visa mastercard may when you pay your money is going out of the country why can't we have our own you know like we have our own banks we have our own things why not have our own uh, debit card credit card network hmm. but i mean banks are like for profit bodies na there must have been a profit motive for everything that they did like no of course there was cost saving and everything of course that was cost saving but even if they had to pay cost at least the money remained in india was a thought and most importantly you have control over your own destiny your own data your own whatever that was the self sufficient as a country and in that uh, comes in sarvatra which is you know digitize india and around that time uh, i got investment before icici bank i got investment from a very key investor uh, so i got investment from mr vallabh bansali who is that uh, i have not heard the name vallabh bansali uh, is chairman of inam Yeah, what what is inams i i'm sorry i, I don't know these things huh? okay so vallabh banchali is uh, i would say uh, the most pioneer pioneer investor in the country uh, he is the person who funded infosys uh, the first ipo so when he was the investment banker for them and when um, uh, you know so he could see the uh, like infosys becoming the need of the hour for the country having our own it so he was the guy who could, uh, who invested in these uh, what you can say today's uh, huge uh, companies so uh, he pioneered investing in many such um, firms the list is endless okay okay but we low profile that even like like you i had not even heard of him when i met him <laughs> right but his goal and my goal matched that we wanted to do something uh, for the country to digitize india and me being a product company when all my other uh, what can say friends and colleagues were uh, into services i was into product and you know so he liked all that and he kind of uh, also supported us not only financially but also uh giving the management uh, guidance hmm. mentorship mentorship and you know and today yeah. is a chairman of sarvatra technologies and um, she has been a huge guiding light for us uh, and you know and uh, i would say he is a stalwart of the finance industry in india so inam is like a investment bank yeah it was a topmost investment bank in the country so if you see all the pioneering companies you will see uh, their investment banker was always in them in different fields so not only software whether it's software or uh, entertainment or banks or uh, just name it 
and uh, so that see it was now i look back uh, i think it was quite a brave effort to uh, when uh, to just focus on giving a products in india you know being a product company in india like when i look back i i would think that you know i didn't there was no so much analysis or internet or thing so much but it was just what felt right we did and that is still our mantra we do what is right and when we are, when i was told are there is some protocol imps nobody knew what was imps and i said yeah we have to do it it sounds great and npc uh, just kept on coming out with this great products like now the uh, new product that we are we feel will be very very big is uh, bharat bill payments in bbps which is superb where you can uh, you know all types of bill payments you can do so combination of upi bbps aps example in this covid lockdown the tar product uh, everyone thinks it's upi correct but upi of course is a star product in but the real what you can say star product of npci is aps where when the urban uh, poor or urban labor uh, suddenly went back to their villages they found themselves money in a large bank where their saving account was there in the city but no branches around and no way to access it they didn't even have a debit card but they could go to a business correspondent and uh, put the aadhar number and withdraw cash just using their fingerprint no debit card and i saw transactions go up from like 2 lakhs a day to 60 70 lakhs a day if apa system was not there i wonder what would have happened to those guys when there was no way to walk to an atm banks uh, used micro atm and went to societies and gave people money. Mm-hmm. so uh, tell me about the concept of a micro atm so micro atm is nothing but an atm but instead of actual cash coming out out of the dispenser a person carries cash and whatever is a slip pe jo amount hai utna cash wo de deta hai so micro atm is exactly atm whatever you can do on atm it happens on the micro atm other than the cash dispenser so he has like a mobile app uh, which uh, is used for mobile app or mobile pos terminal point of sale terminal mobile pos terminal so you uh, he comes to you and you say oh i want to uh, deposit uh, 2000 bucks so then you put your debit card inside put your pen put the amount and the slip comes out yes now you can deposit 2000 you give 2000 to that guy business correspondent or similarly you can withdraw 2000 or you can check your balance or you can check your mini statement whatever you can do at an atm you can do there other than the so atm is automated teller system right here is a what you can say a, a assisted teller बिजनेस करस्पॉन्डेंट सो आरबीआई क्रिएटेड सम्पल बिजनेस करस्पॉन्डेंट विच आर एसोसिएटेड विद एवरी बैंक 
So where branch is not there, a business correspondent is there. And are there private companies also that run these micro ATMs? Yeah, yeah. So business correspondents are all private companies. Okay. So, but but these would be like mom and pop entrepreneurs, like not, no, no, not no. large companies. No, no, no. Large company like Sarvatraya is a business correspondent. Like that, there are many top so, class business. What is, what is this business model? If you can help me understand, like it's the same transaction based, no difference. But you are only doing the last mile. So a, a business correspondent company would be a company that would have, let's say, these uh, micro entrepreneurs who are carrying around POS machines, or they install POS machine in their shop. Or, or not necessarily. Or it could be a company like Sarvatra who says, okay, in our uh, branches of our corporate banks, we'll set up a micro ATM. So, so it may not be only uh, mom and pop person. And uh, these companies would... Uh... All, all telecom uh, guys, you know, telecom guys are doing business correspondence. Achha. So an Airtel store would also have a, a, a POS machine like, like Airtel? Correct. Okay. okay. So Correct. Airtel would also be running a correspondence business. Correct. Okay. All medical outlets are doing it, chains of medical outlets. There's like an additional source of revenue for anyone with a retail presence, like who has a large rural retail presence, they can take this up as an yeah. additional source of revenue. Yeah. Or uh, there are uh, credit societies who do it as an additional business. And for this, you so, have to tie up with one bank or again, is there like a centralized license banking correspondent? No, uh, no it's a multiple banks you can tie up. Okay. So how many banks have you tied up with for your uh, correspondence business? We are, we are doing it only with one bank right now for a particular set of uh, customers. Hmm. Got it. Okay. So, uh, you know, what is the... Uh, there, there were a couple of more questions I wanted to ask on NPCI. Uh, I wanted to understand, like you told me, the the thought behind the rupee system what was the thought behind upi and you know how did that come about and it was a natural evolution where um, now that it's like once you get used to uh, like how uh, you got used to a basic smartphone then you wanted apps on the smartphone and then you wanted a camera on the smartphone and you want a video on the smartphone then you want a music player on the smartphone so it is natural for, uh, uh, you know, that after you have a debit card, can you have a mobile-based app to do transactions? Then naturally, can you use that mobile banking app to do person-to-person -person fund transfer? And can you also use it to you know, pay for in the shop? Why carry a debit card? So it, that, that kind of innovation was bound to happen. So UPI was... Uh, Obviously, in that thing, the best possible thing. And NPCI went a step further that why have only banks uh, run apps? Why not allow uh, private players like Google and, you know, ATM also? And UPI, there would also have been a like a profit motive for banks like to support UPI. Like, did it reduce their transaction costs? Uh no, it is a new uh, new set of transactions that got opened. Like for person-to-person -person transfer, 
you had to know the bank account of that other person. Here you can yeah. just get his virtual private address and transfer the funds. So it was convenience, ease of use, and with WhatsApp guru being there everywhere, you know. So it Facebook, WhatsApp. So because of that, smartphones were there everywhere. You know, so the app culture had started. You know, for a product like you, get first the app culture has to come, na. Okay, and Beam is by NPCI or like that's a uh, that's their own app of the government Beam. Like you have Google Pay, Paytm, there's Beam app. Uh, so, so uh, but but Beam is not like a government app. It's an NPCI app. I'm not sure who owns it. Could be the government also. It was a representative of what's to come. So then the other private players could see it and say, "Oh, we can also develop," or banks could. Mm. So, so like Beam that. was like uh, Google's. Uh, Google had that line uh, of phones, Nexus, where the goal was just to show hardware uh, companies on what they could do with Google Android. I am not sure about uh, what was that. I think they bought Motorola for a different purpose. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And and what is uh, Bharat Bill Pay system? If you can talk about that, like uh, you're saying, it's the next big disruption. Uh, so yeah. what is so, it exactly? Uh, it's like a, it's like all billers in India are available under one roof. Like how national financial switch, all ATM got connected to one single thing. Similarly, now all billers in India, all electricity board companies, all telecom companies, all. Your uh, DTH, everything is under that one. So once you are, uh, say, a bank introduces a Bharat bill payment, their customers can uh, pay bill of anything. Electricity how will the identification or... happen? Like, if I pay my electricity bill, how will the electricity company know who I am? Like, is there an Aadhaar-based identification? Or no, no. There uh, you actually pay in real time. Na? So consumer ID you have to give. No, I mean. Okay, so but then you you need to remember consumer ID of all of these. Like, ha, like, like example, you go to a uh, billers outlet, you go to electricity board outlet, you give your consumer ID and you pay. You pay for yourself or your friend; it doesn't matter to them. As long as you're paying for a certain consumer ID, whatever is a pending bill, you pay. So it's that way, it's same. Only it's a combination of all billers under one. So if you are staying in Kerala and you are uh, you are shifted from UP there and you want to pay bill of your residence in UP of electricity board, you can pay in Kerala. You don't have to transfer money to somebody relative and ask him to go to UP state electricity board and pay there. The connection was lost. Ah, okay, okay. Hmm. Uh, so right now, also you can pay online, right? Like most of these electricity companies have a system to pay online, and even bank apps, like through the ICICI bank app, I can pay. So this is just like an, an aggregate. Yeah, but when you pay online, you pay on ICICI today uh, to their bill payment system, you will see the Bharat Bill Pay logo there. So the platform behind is Bharat Bill Pay. 
so you can see a bbps and uh, is this also bringing online uh, companies who are not earlier ICICI would, uh, would need to tap with many billers example hmm. Hmm. instead of that now they connect to Bharat bill payment and not all billers are there Hmm, okay, okay, okay. So this is again that same uh, rupee, or uh, not, not even rupee, but it's like that. Uh, the the first thing which NPCI did of uh, debit card interoperability. Correct. Or ATM interoperability. And uh, this again, uh, how would Sarvatra benefit from Bilpay? The, the Bharat Bilpay system. Again, our job is to create platforms and give it to banks. So most of the corporate banks want a bill payment system to give to their customers on in their mobile apps, on their branches, or on their website. So then they use our bill payment platform and they can do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and and this would reach the cooperative bank through your partnership with the software companies who provide them the core banking solution. Not necessarily, because this goes directly now into the mobile banking app. Okay, and uh, so you know wh- what is the, the the road ahead for Sarvatra? Like, are you planning additional fundraise? Uh, you know, wh- what next? Like. So our, uh, I would say, already there are uh, huge number of uh, platforms we are given to the banks, uh, but still the uh, there is only hardly ten percent of their customers who are actually using some platform or the other. And out of the rural customers, only probably. Twenty uh, percent of have, of them have a bank account. So actually, we are not even scratched the surface. So first is to try to get all customers of the bank to use the digital platforms that we are given, and then that catchment area around the branch make all those who are not on uh, any of the uh, who are not customers of the bank to try to make them customers of the bank by giving them products that appeal to them, along with the banks. So that itself is a uh, lifetime job. So essentially, you are saying there is a large unbanked population, and there is a large population of people who have a bank account but are not using it digitally so, properly. Correct. So, correct. So there were there's so there was two things. There was unbanked population, and there was underbanked population. Underbanked is having a bank account but no facilities. So we defined financial inclusion as making the underbanked bank. Like example, if a customer of a uh, ICICI bank in Nariman Point, what all the services he can avail because he's a customer of ICICI bank. Same services I wanted to give to a, a, a customer of a rural bank. So all the services available at his doorstep, at his affordability, at his level of connectivity, at uh, the level of infrastructure available, that is. That's the goal of Sarvatra. That's why the name Sarvatra, anywhere. So why we call ourselves Sarvatra is because of that. We want to make digital and banking available everywhere. So, uh, are you planning to acquire also some companies to increase the product portfolio and what all you are offering to your banks? Like, 
Is I'm that one really. of the ways, like acquisition as a way no. to? No, because culturally it has to match. Because most of my people are with me for many many years, and they're dedicated to the country. And you know, if I don't know culturally how it will happen, you know, so it's an extremely uh, high level of technology we use. You know, cutting edge, bleeding edge technologies. So we rather grow. Wouldn't it make sense for you to also get into core banking because then you become a full stack service no, we provider? Launched, we launched our own core banking. We always had a core banking, but uh, we never paid attention to that. But now the demand came from our banks that they want a web-based core banking, and that's when uh, we realized that there was no good web-based core banking. Uh, so, with our expertise of uh, platform as a service uh, thing. We created one of the finest uh, web-based CBS now, and we are piloting it in ten banks, and then we'll expand across the country as uh, required. And uh, we have partnered with uh, Oracle Cloud for that. Uh, so Oracle Cloud uh, is giving uh, our uh, CBS to some of the customers, but we are also uh, going to expand into our own. So we have our own private cloud also. Which is based on uh, uh, again Oracle technologies. So, so, so we are expanding. Uh, CBS tools are like based on like can be run only on Windows machines. Like you need to download and install a software to run it. You can't just open uh, a browser window and log in. No, well, you can. There are lots of uh, uh, what you can say uh, CBS which are web-based CBS. So web-based CBS are there, but. We are a cloud-based CBS, so we are the first cloud CBS. So, but so web-based web web necessarily be cloud-based, like no, no, no. See, web-based CBS means what? The data center is within the bank, and uh, through uh, browsers, all branches connect to that. Cloud is every browser is connecting directly to the centralized system, to the outside in the cloud. So, example, your uh, office mail is a web-based mail, but your Gmail cloud-based mail. Okay. So, like so your, in, a, uh, in a cloud-based CBS, then the bank doesn't need to have servers and maintain the databases that correct. is maintained on the cloud by you. Correct. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, it is even more convenient for a non-tech-savvy bank to become digitized or more than non savvy uh, it is also always on infrastructure in covid uh, the banks realized that uh, in this covid lockdown when branches were shut uh, head offices were shut their people couldn't reach the branch but their system is always on because it was with sarvatra it was there was never downtime so there's CBS for CBS. They had to go there, do a day, and you know somewhere somebody had to go to the head office or all that. So cloud has a huge demand for cloud now. Cloud CBS, like you, you know how we are now using. So all my interviews no longer happen in person now. It's all online. Yes. And you are using some cloud software. Yes. 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 Hmm. All recordings, uh, music recording. I'm an artist, musician myself. Okay. So I just recorded my album in last two years of lockdown. We did it all online. 
what kind of music do you do uh, i do um, uh, i should do pop music rock music uh, but this first time i tried uh, marathi sugam sangeet so i would did that Mm-hmm. and your company is based in pune only like the yeah yeah hmm. and, and so nowadays you... i don't know if my company is based in pune i think it's based at home because right. all my employees are across the across india and many of them uh, 30% come from rural background they are happily staying in their rural areas so i wouldn't say we are based in pune we are uh, headquartered in pune yeah, or you are a cloud company now so to say <laughs> like yeah, your, your office is in the cloud correct we are a cloud company so uh, do you think that will be permanent or do you think once uh, covid subsides you would ask people to come back to office so now i have asked people to come but none of them are really interested in coming to office they are so happy at home but i we have given them option so i think most probably our office will become like a uh place where co-working space where if someone wants to come to office they have to book and come so that's what only probably management people will come and go and uh, sales guys anyway are always on the road so so i don't know So uh, you know a, a lot of entrepreneurs feel that they need people to be in the office to make them productive how do you manage to make people productive without calling them to office the quality na if you do quality work you don't have to be productive you know you don't have to give them work and make them work if your work is of good quality they will work and you have to trust them it should be really something that excites them then only they'll work no that is better they uh, work only for us and they doing bad software okay mm-hmm. so so you're saying because of the fact that you chose to be a product company not get into services therefore your people are more excited to work and you don't need to really no we are a services company also no but we are services around our own product so we create products and then we run a platform as a service so if you see our revenue is all service based we are no longer selling product na we are giving service around our own product yeah your your transaction based revenue mm-hmm. correct our 70% employees are in the service side of the business so it's our own product we are not doing some else's product so we are a services company but it's we do something really good something exciting we have the mission of doing digitizing the country and you know we are happy with what we do this episode of founder thesis podcast is brought to you by long haul ventures long haul ventures is the long haul partner for founders and startups that are building for the long haul more about them is at www.longhaulventures.com